Hi, everyone. Hello. Thanks for tuning in. This is Can't Trust Anyone, a true crime podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Saley. I'm Darian. All right. So I am going to throw it over to you for the question of the day. I'm ready. Okay. Question of the day. What is the first thought that comes to mind when I say elementary school? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The first thought that came to mind was a line leader. Do you remember that? (laughs) Tell me you remember that, girl. I would try. I was such a pick me child. I tried my hardest to be able to tell people what to do. I was always the first one to raise my hand to be the line leader. (laughs) You know what? Just because just because I'm a Leo, like that's literally it. Like people who are in charge, Mm -hmm. like I am the leader. You follow me. That is so hilarious. Um, <laughs> I remember competing for that. I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is hot dogs and baked beans and French fries on specific days and looking forward to eating that um, junk food on those specific days in the cafeteria. Looking forward to it, though, um, that's that, that's a little dark. I'm not going to lie to you. Looking forward to it? No, I was like, something <laughs> about those dry hot dogs. I don't know. It, it, it got me so excited as a kid because it's like, I don't have to eat vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like, yes, I can finally eat junk food and like I don't uh-huh. have to eat broccoli. I, okay, I can I, I can get that. Um, I don't know how how I feel about the baked beans. Um, dark, like I said, very dark. But I know what you mean, though. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> All right, so I hope you're ready for today's story. Um, I'm just gonna give you a quick little intro, and then we're gonna jump into it. So, this case is technically still unsolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about it, I heard this years ago and I think about it often. Not only is it unsolved, it hasn't still fully been determined if it was a murder or if it was an accidental death. Like, okay. Very disappointing. Mm -hmm. Off the bat, off the bat. So, okay, so let me go ahead and get us pivoted, and I'm just going to um, jump into a top line. I'm going to kind of work the way this case works. I'm going to work my way backwards in a way, just kind of tell you what happened, what led up to it, and everything that unraveled after the fact. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay, so this is the case of Kendrick Johnson. Off the bat, does that name sound familiar to you? No. No, really. It, oh, is that, am I outside of the... <laughs> I don't, I, I will say this, this case is fairly, it's very widely covered. Um, I, there was tons of research. This happened back in 2013. Um, so 
almost 14, uh, almost 11 years ago. Yeah, almost 11 years ago. Um, but it's kind of popular. So I'm just going to jump into it. Kendrick Johnson. So on January 11th, 2013, the body of 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson was found in his school gym rolled up in a gym mat. <gasps> I know this. You, that's, uh, I was going to say, I was like, how do you not know this name? You, at least the top line. At least the top line. Okay. So I will tell you, whatever you think you know about the story, you don't know. Because I have followed this story for years. And with all this research I did, it, it actually is a lot more involved than it initially appears. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So um, back to the top line, 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson found in his school gym rolled up in a gym mat. This took place in Valdosta, Georgia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. That's what I heard, Valdosta. So initially from the autopsy that the medical examiner that was assigned to his case, they initially ruled it as an accident of his own doing. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. That's why I was saying initially, it, to this day, it still hasn't been determined if it's accidental death or murder. Um, but of course, this did not sit right with the family, anyone that was following the story. So the family did go and hire their own pathologist to perform their own autopsy. And that later found indications of potential foul play. Mm. So of course, this is where the conspiracies come in. Um, Tons of questions, tons of allegations, but to this day, there has still not been an official suspect named or nobody arrested with his potential murder. Wow. How's that sitting with you so far? It's, it is incredibly, incredibly depressing Mm -hmm. because I mean, how many cases like this exist, like in this country alone? Yeah. Um, so it's just a very unsettling feeling Mm -hmm. um, because it's like, he's one of many. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, that was the same thing I was thinking, just looking through it. Um, unfortunately, this is one amongst hundreds, thousands in the country. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and get into a little bit of the background of him, you know, just his upbringing and what led up to that moment when he was found. So this took place in Lowndes High School in Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, And this place in Georgia is pretty small, rural town. Of course, it was shocking to the community. At the time of his death, he was a 17-year-old junior, and he was considered a great athlete. He was a hurdler for track, and he played basketball for the high school team. He was also a safety for the football team. And while all of this was going on, he was still maintaining decent grades. Everyone just had really great things to say about him. Mm. Um, According to his family, he had no history of odd behavior, nothing that would point to him doing anything to hurt himself. 
I felt like I should add in this following part just because it came up a lot in the research. Um, a lot of people did like to point to this. In this particular part of Georgia, it does have a pretty heavy history of racism. Mm. Mm-hmm. And being that Kendrick Johnson was a Black student um, amongst many of the conspiracy theories, many have thought that this could have potentially played a crucial part in this case. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're, you're, how do you feel? Do you like that? <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate to say it was new. Yeah. I mean, what's new? Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that's coming to mind. It's unfortunate. Um, but t- tell me something new. Yeah. It's very common, common theme across cases like these. Um, another, I'm just going to kind of add this little tidbit in there too. Also part of the theories that come about is the parental connections of the potential alleged students. Um, A lot of people that played a role in this story had connections to law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So you already know a whole lot of alleged conspiracies came up, you know, from different angles. Um, I mean, law enforcement connections, even to the extent of former FBI agents involved. Wow. What is, okay. Yeah. And this is a small little town in Georgia. So you just never know, but I'm going to jump into what happened that day, January 11th, how he was found. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So that morning, January 11th, his mother, Jackie Johnson, she went to the school and she was pleading with the guidance counselor because Kendrick never came home the night before and wasn't answering his phone. His mother, Jackie, she waited up all night concerned This was the night of January 10th. After midnight, so now in the early hours of January 11th, she calls the police. And as you know, they told her she should wait 24 hours before they can actually consider it a missing person's case, especially with him being 17. Um, I saw in the part of the transcript from that 911 call, the 911 operator actually told Jackie something along the lines of he's probably out with some girl so just immediately brushing it off right wow hmm. the, what's the word I'm look, like depressing just dismissive I, mean, I, I can only imagine poor Jackie oh my god oh he's, he's out with some girl he's, he's partying he'll be back home later and I will say, don't quote me on this. I did see this in a couple people's transcripts. I don't know how accurate this is, but they allegedly say that the 911 operator actually used some rude term for the girl. I've heard a couple sources say that they referred to her as a heifer. They said he's probably out with some heifer. Wow. So if that doesn't paint a picture girl I don't know what does (sighs) okay all right so that's what Jackie's dealing with right now so first thing in the morning January 11th she goes to the school to try to figure something out what's going on 
who saw him last, that kind of thing. Jackie is in the school with the guidance counselor asking questions. And at the same exact time that she is in the guidance counselor's office on the other side of school, there is currently a class of kids in the gym class. Now, I'm trying to draw you a picture. It's just a regular looking gym class that you would see in school. And they have these mats that are really heavy duty. Oh, did you sneeze? Bless you. Oh, no, I was clearing my throat. Thank you. (laughs) It's that cold weather, right? I'm tired of it. (sighs) Okay, okay. Um, Okay, yes. So they have these mats in the gym, pretty heavy duty, six feet high, about three feet across. And they're really closely stacked together. And they're standing up vertically, like top to bottom. It's a whole bunch of them in the corner of the gym. So there's a group of girls in that gym class, you know, they're up on the bleachers and they decide to start playing around and they're jumping from the bleachers to the mats and then jumping from the mat to mat. As they're doing this, one of them gets to a mat towards the end. She looks down and she sees what looks to be white socks in the mat, like rolled up in the center of the mat. She stops for a second and she's like, that's weird. What's that? So she calls her friends over so they can help her get a better look. And as they all kneel down and look, they realize that it's human feet sticking up from the center of the mat. Wow. She, of course, freaks out, screams. And that's when she's like, I think there's a person inside the mat. Two athletic directors come running over. They pull down the mat, unroll it. And out, tumbles out Kendrick, along with a decent amount of blood and vomit. Can you just picture that as a high school student, seeing something like that in your school gym? I'm trying to, like, put myself in, like, in the situation, in their shoes. There would be no type of... It would just be pure shock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, reacting off solely emotion, like, is this real right now? This is a, this is a human being that just wrote that they just a dead human being that they just rolled from these mats that we were just playing on. It. <sighs> Again, when I first heard this story years ago, I legitimately lost sleep for a couple nights. It's and it's still every now and then just randomly pops up in my head. It I just cannot imagine. It's so chilling just thinking about it. So as soon as the gym teachers and everybody sees what the heck just happened, they immediately start to evacuate the gym. Mm -hmm. Mind you. The exact same time that this is happening, on the other side of the school, his mother is still in the guidance counselor's office. So while Jackie is at the front desk explaining to the guidance counselor, can somebody help her find her son? The guidance counselor gets a call through like the phone or the walkie talkie. And someone says through the phone, the body of a student was just found in the gym. In the words of Jackie Johnson, she said she knew in that moment it was her son. 
At this point, the guidance counselor runs out of the room and Jackie says that she can just remember falling into a chair and going numb, that she just knew it was her son. (sighs) I'm getting full body chills. (laughs) Like every time, every time I go through the story, it just gives me the chills. I mean, (laughs) I don't. I don't know what like what to say because it's like it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do, what do you say, or what do you do in that situation? As his mother, I would not even be able to begin to fathom just hearing that through a walkie-talkie. The body of a student has just, oh my gosh, like I cannot imagine. Poor Jackie, like just poor Jackie. Mind you, his father, um, which no sources actually listed his name that I saw, but Kendrick's father, he was out of town at the time. He is a truck driver. He did start making his way back to town early that morning once Jackie got in contact with him and said she thinks Kendrick is missing. And don't quote me on this, but I saw several sources say that Kendrick's father was the first parent to identify him in the gym. Even though Jackie was there, his father was the one to identify him. Mm. Mm. So just tragic, just absolutely tragic. Is really, I mean, is really no. all I can say. Ugh. I'm like, I'm literally trying to like, like what in the world would I do in that? Like, I don't even think my brain could, uh, my brain can't wrap around that, that situation. Mm. Yeah. As you saying you as the mother. Yeah, like me as the mother. Yeah. Like me just me as one of the students, just like, you know, witnessing that, just anybody who was there who was not involved, just like what what do you do? Where do you go? Where do you go mentally, emotionally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that that's I like I keep going back to something is something about this case is just so brutal and shocking to me that it still has stuck with me so clear for all these years. I go back to this case probably like three to six times a year just to see, are there any developments? Like just to look at it again. And every single time is like the first time I've heard it. I it's, it's just super shocking. So At this point, they identified him and they immediately start going into what could have happened, right? Right. So the first thing that is thrown out by the school and then later backed by the investigation done by the state of Georgia, the school explains that many students would actually hide their belongings in the mats and in between them. They explained that that school has about 3,000 students and supposedly lockers are not readily available. That 
as a student, if you wanted a locker, you would have to rent one out. So, you know, girl, liability, okay? What do you mean rent out a locker at a high school? (laughs) Rent a locker? Like, to me, to me, that screams lawsuits because why do students not have the availability to put their belongings somewhere? So, I mean, of course most people couldn't afford that so they would hide their stuff in the gym mats oh my god was this like was this a jail or was it (laughs) exactly i i was actually thinking back to um, when i was in high school everybody had a locker but i mean i never used it i think once you were like past freshman or sophomore you just kind of carried your stuff around um but at least we had them we had access to them so that was that was a little shocking to me. So also, usually the mats were laid on the floor horizontal is usually how they were. They happened to be straight up vertical because the kids had just come back from break. So it was it was just straight up very temporarily because of maybe the floors were being cleaned, something like that. But they were usually horizontal, making it easier for the kids to hide their stuff between the mats. Mm. So that's the story that comes out as the initial theory. Um, the school suggests, and a couple people suggested, that he hid an expensive pair of shoes inside one of the mats. He forgot about it over the break. And being that this happened in January, I'm assuming it was like winter break. Um, he forgot about them over the break and when the mats got pushed up vertical, the shoes were stuffed at the bottom. So that means that he came back to get them once the mats were in the upright position and their theory suggests that he ran up and instead of pulling the mat down, he crawled on top of the bleachers and dove head first to grab the shoes. Okay, so what cartoon did they um, watch and come up with that? I, nothing, I understand as a 17-year-old boy, maybe it's a little bit different, but in no world do I see where, because mind you, these mats were like six feet tall and they were pretty thick and sturdy. I don't understand why he would have ever came to the idea that diving in head first would work because how would he get out? There's there's no way he would have been able to get himself out if he dove in head first. I'm just I'm I need to know what um that imagination runs wild and um I'm just curious as to who came up with that literal cartoon. What kid, I don't care how, let me dive in head first to get a pair of shoes that I left. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish that because it, it's, it's, I'm it's laughing. Comical. At, it's comical. It's, it's literally comical. And of course, you know, this theory was 
somewhat backed by the position he was found because he was found upside down. He was wedged close to the bottom as it got more narrow and his arms were at his side. So it does look like he could have potentially, he definitely was head first. The question here is, was he put in there or did he dive in himself? And of course, the school is pushing the narrative that he dove in himself. So this theory leads us into the first autopsy. So this autopsy was done by the state, by the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. The autopsy does go hand in hand with that theory because it suggested that he died from being upside down. Mm. According to this autopsy exam, they believe he went into the mat upside down by accident and that it was a combination of being upside down for a prolonged period of time and the pressure on his diaphragm. So he just stopped breathing. He also had compression coming in from the sides of him towards the bottom of the barrel with his arms, you know, pushed in really tight. And eventually he just died from asphyxiation. With the hours passing, because mind you, he was in this position for almost a full 24 hours. After he was dead, all of the blood in his body eventually rushed to his head. And that's why when they unrolled him initially, that's where all the blood and the vomit came out because they guessed that he vomited post-mortem. So with that theory and the autopsy, what are you thinking? Do you, could you potentially see this legitimately being an accident? (sighs) It is so sad. The lengths that people will go to, to protect themselves, um, protect other people, their business, whatever, when they know that 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 the situation never existed, like they know that foul play was the only reason that this situation happened. And instead of that, instead of trying to give this poor woman and her family the I guess justice, I mean, I don't, I I personally don't think that, um, I guess it is closure, um, actually being truthful and letting families know, like, this is what actually happened. Instead of doing that, Mm -hmm. these people, I mean, a circus, I mean, we are just coming up with, you know what? This reminds me of Casey Anthony. Oh, yes. I actually saw a lot of people reference that in the research for this case where, you know, something is so blatantly right in front of you, but they're trying their hardest to look at other sources, other yeah. factors. It's, it just makes no sense to me. I think this is, is so, it is sad as an understatement. Um, and yet all I can think of is Casey Anthony. I mean... It, I don't know how much clearer we could have gotten with that situation and what happened, but instead Mm -hmm. the cartoon scenario was believed. Um, 
And I think that's the same thing in this situation with um, this poor boy. Um, the same cartoon situation. Yeah. Whatever they could come up with. And <sighs> Absolutely. I initially, when I first heard this years ago, I off the bat, it was like, okay, this was foul play. Like, I, how does that make sense? He was clearly murdered and stuffed in the mat. But as I did more research, you know, years ago and even recently, it does come into my mind here and there. Like, what if this was just a crazy, like, like, what are those movies? Final Destination. What if it really truly was just a crazy, crazy freak accident? Final Destination type death. That could have happened. Yeah. I mean, it's anything is possible when you know. I wish what I wish. I wish there was like cameras. Like I, in you know what is so sad. Even with cameras, cases are still um, not handled. Um, and then justice is still not served and then people still get off and then it's the same cycle. But I feel like sometimes, which is so sad that even with literal 12 H HD cameras pointed at you, you can still get away with stuff. Um, uh -huh. I feel like if there was something like somebody saw something or this camera saw him walk into the gym and then he never came out but nobody else walked in or like those kinds of situations it would have been like okay it would have gone back to what you just said maybe it was a crazy final destination situation and those things do happen but it's like you got all the other stuff that happened previously and just knowing, I don't know, it, it doesn't sound right. And mm -hmm. I don't like how everyone, like no one was urgent. Everybody was super chill about it. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I know. I agree with you a hundred percent. And that whole camera thing that you said, hold on to that, because I'm going to circle back to that later. So on top of this theory that this, the um, school puts out and the initial autopsy backs it, I do want to add that the county police completely botched this crime scene. Mm. The county police, they failed to report some pretty important evidence that could have told more of the story on how and why he was in the mat. So, Kendrick was found with a significant amount of blood on his body and on his head. As I mentioned, when he was unrolled, a pool of blood came out with him from just being upside down for hours. But going with the theory that they initially said, oh, he dove in head first to grab some expensive shoes that were stuffed in the bottom. The blood... There was no blood found on the shoes. Huh? That to me 
didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, aside from that, on the walls of the gym, there was blood found on the walls inside the gym as well as on a pair of shoes that were found in the gym, but they did not belong to Kendrick. And to this day, they still have not connected back to anybody else in that school. Hmm. And the blood found on the shoes did not belong to Kendrick. They actually confirmed that the blood found on those random pair of shoes and the blood found on the gym walls matched, but they did not belong to Kendrick. Hmm. So, of course, this is looked into and the county police explains, oh, you know, they're very dismissive. They're like, it could have been from another student. It's a gym class. You know, students could get hurt in gym. It could be that. But they never collected the shoes as evidence. Uh, they were questioned why they didn't collect this. And a lieutenant from the sheriff's office went on record and stated that they had no reason to believe that the blood was connected to the case. And of course, when they were asked why, how, they stated they had nothing further to provide. So another thing is there also was an unidentified hoodie found in the gym, also did not belong to Kendrick. That hoodie, along with those random pair of shoes in the gym, they are now missing. They are missing out of the evidence file. Never claimed, but missing. Mm. Mm. to me that just that reads highly suspicious extremely suspicious mm-hmm. 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 it's I mean I I hate <laughs> I literally have to laugh like and I'm laughing because this happens all the time even in 2023 going into 2024 we still have not progressed um when it comes to police officers crime investigators it's like and it's with anybody you know like we're not even we're not talking about race we're not talking about gender it's just like i don't understand where the lack come it's like if you are I mean there you found blood that belonged to someone else in a crime scene <laughs> in a crime scene it's like there's no oh but you know it, hey kids play you know and oh you know, all of this stuff it doesn't belong what is it it's like I know that you you've made it very clear that you don't care. I mean, you you do not care about this family receiving justice. You don't care about doing your one and only job. But it's like I think the only thing that would have helped would be just simply doing everything that you could. And then if you still received nothing, then at least you did everything 
in your power that you could possibly do to try and solve this. Yeah. That's, no, that's my yeah. thing. They didn't even they didn't even do all the steps. They not even there yet. Um, I mean, like I said, completely botched that crime scene. And of course, the family, other people that were following, they did keep circling back to that initial theory that the school and the state put out that he dove in to get those shoes, kind of circling back to what I just said. The shoes were allegedly found at the bottom of the mat, but they were spick and span, not a drop of blood on them. Obviously, this would be impossible because of the way his body was found. A pool of blood and vomit had collected at the bottom of this mat for an entire day. So the shoes were supposedly at the bottom, but when submitted, they were completely clean. I, in my research, I didn't see anything from public facing witnesses reporting that they actually did see the shoes when the mat was initially unrolled. That's what I was looking for. If I'm not mistaken, when that girl and her friends initially yelled out, I think there's somebody in the mat and the athletic directors came and unrolled it, there was a class taking place. There was a handful of people in the gym at the time and I didn't see a report from anybody saying, yeah, when they unrolled it and Kendra came out, a pair of shoes came out too. Nobody said that. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the coroner, the county coroner, his name is Bill Watson. His comments on the case, this was a direct quote from him. He says, quote, I was not notified on his death until 1545 hours. Investigative climate was very poor to worse when I arrived at the scene and the body had been noticeably moved. The scene had been compromised and there was no cooperation from law enforcement at the scene. Furthermore, the integrity of the evidence bag was compromised. I do not approve of this manner that the scene was handled. Not only was the scene compromised, the body was moved. Information necessary for my lawful investigation was withheld. Hmm. Wow, I mean. Why? Why would the law enforcement on the scene need to withhold information from the coroner? Why, why would they move the body? <sighs> the evidence bag, apparently that was tampered with. Like, what is happening right now? botched mm -hmm. is an understatement of this crime scene complete understatement of course this didn't sit right with anybody because mm -hmm. what is going on so the family ends up requesting their own independent examination of the body and they're able to bring in a third party doctor who can review Kendrick's remains so on June 15th 2013 about six months after they found Kendrick, they got Dr. William R. Anderson, who gets access to the remains and conducts his own investigation. They actually got this doctor, Dr. Anderson, from out of state, Florida, specifically to not have any Georgia bias involved. 
during this autopsy, he finds, according to the public autopsy exam, he finds evidence of severe blunt force trauma to the neck and soft tissues around Kendrick's head, which he definitely believes could not have been caused by Kendrick himself. And to further back his findings, he actually sources back to the EMT report from the day his body was found. Um, side notes, this EMT report as you know, EMS, when they arrive on scene with a body, their job is only to determine if there's anything they can do to save the victim, right? Mm-hmm. If not, they just take a note, a report of the body's condition. After this report was done, the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, actually legally sealed and concealed that report. So it wasn't able to be accessed by the public. Hmm. And this doctor, this third party doctor, Dr. Anderson, he was able to actually get the report released somehow. And the EMT report is actually consistent with everything he found. The EMS people noted severe damage and bruising around the neck and tissues around his face, which obviously... This is all now in direct contrast with the police report and the first autopsy. So to recap here, we have the first autopsy mm -hmm. and the police report and the school putting out this narrative that this was clearly an accident that he caused himself. He dove head first, he got stuck, he died. But mm -hmm. now this second autopsy along with the initial EMT report it's showing evidence of blunt force trauma that he could not have caused to his, his own self. Right. So um, what do you what are you thinking right now? How is that sitting with you? I'm I'm not thinking about anything. Cause it's I'm thinking I'm thinking about like what galaxy like are we in like all of this is it's like it's like a cartoon it is a cartoon a circus when it doesn't it did not have to be absolutely I okay so if that is not strange enough, buckle in. When this second doctor exhumed, or not exhumed, they still had his body in the funeral home, if I'm not mistaken. But when he did get access to Kendrick's body to perform the second autopsy, his organs were missing. Saley. His organs we're missing every single one of them. Darian, the body was found stuffed with crumpled newspaper. Saley. I I wish I was lying right now. <sighs> <clears throat> um 
just keep going because I, I don't, there's no. That when this comes out to the public that the body was received empty with the organs missing, filled with crumpled up newspaper. Initially, the funeral home gets attacked publicly. And of course, they're like, whoa, 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 this is not us. They actually received the body like that from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Mm. So when this comes out, everyone goes to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and they're like, what the heck? Where are the organs? Like, what's what's your explanation? And they simply say, we threw them away. Saley. Saley. <laughs> they threw them away. What? Why in the world would a medical examiner throw away organs, especially in a case like this, where there is potential for possible foul play. This, at this point, this is around the time when this case started getting like national attention all over the news. The president of the National Association of Medical Examiners says that this is not common at all to throw out organs. And once again, the spotlight is on the GBI, the Georgia Bureau. And they explain since he was upside down for so long, his organs had been compressed and essentially destroyed. So once they completed their exam, they threw the organs away as biohazard. They would have had to call the transformers down they would have had to call king kong they would have had to call godzilla they would have had to call what other gigantic creature they would have had to call the loch ness monster um all the blue whales that exist all the elephants that exist they would have they would have had to call the U.S. Army to prevent the outbursts that I would have on those people. It would have been, they would have had to shut down the country. Um, Absolutely. They, wow. Of course, people start going with theories like crazy. One of the main ones that people stick to is because, again, going back to that conspiracy that the GBI, the states, the law enforcement, you know, the county, the school are all in cahoots. They think that some of Kendrick's organs might have possibly shown clear signs of external physical trauma, Mm -hmm. which would have indicated that his death was not an accident, and that's why they threw his organs away. Oh, my God. So, as I mentioned earlier, the president of the National Association of Medical Examiners, uh, his name is Gregory Schmunk, he 
actually comments publicly on this case. Like, this is how high up it got. And he says he has never heard of this practice. He stated the common practice would be for the medical examiner to pull the organs out, examine them, but then return them before sending the body off to the funeral home. It's extremely uncommon. And if that in and of itself isn't weird, Kendrick also shows up to the funeral home completely nude, which is also out of character. It's very bizarre. None of his clothing was sent over. And not only, and the funeral director said it's very abnormal. Uh, there's no reason that they should have received the body naked. But if that's not even weirder, his clothes are missing. Never found. The clothes he was wearing that day, the clothes he was found in, the clothes that could potentially have DNA evidence missing. Do we have to spell this out? I'm just... It, it is so sad. It is so beyond sad that that happened. Um, they knew that there was foul play. They knew that somebody was going down for it. Um, or someone's, um, they knew that they wouldn't be able to get away with it. Absolutely. Um, And it's sad. I mean, that is a lot. That is a lot to go through to prevent, um, an outcome like a justice and mm-hmm. that is Assault. a lot yeah. to go through um okay so, so threw away his organs threw away his clothes like yeah. they they never did um the gbi they never fully admitted to throwing away his clothes they just kind of acted like they had no idea they were like oh you know like he had them on Last time we saw him, like, they never admitted to throwing it away. Not the way they admitted to throwing away the organs, but he clearly showed up naked. So at some point, the clothes were removed and they somehow vanished. They somehow vanished. Okay. So going back to what you said earlier about the cameras. Mm -hmm. So you, girl, you can only imagine how the family is feeling at this point. They are absolutely distraught and they want answers. So they hire a civil rights attorney. His name is Benjamin Crump. And he takes this case to court. He starts digging and digging. And he uncovers some strange details about the day Kendrick died that we learned through surveillance footage. So in the initial investigation done by the GBI, the Georgia Bureau, they used footage from the school. There are cameras in the school. So as Crump, the civil rights attorney, is going through this footage, he finds out that the school district only provided select clips of the footage at their discretion. According, according to Crump, the protocol 
in an investigation like this is for the investigative body, the GBI in this case, to show up unannounced to the school with the warrant and fully confiscate all of the footage. Now, what the GBI did in this case, <laughs> the GBI went to the school, told them, hey, we need surveillance of the day Kendrick died and gave them time to prepare the footage. Told the school, just send it over to me at any point, no rush. It took the school five days to get this footage together. Mm. And once the footage is put together, there are timestamps missing. Of course. Of course. There are four separate cameras. And the last stamp was right around 11 a.m. on January the 10th, the day prior he was found on January 11th. So the last stamp was right around 11 a.m. the day prior. And the next time it picks up is the following day at 1 p.m. This footage, those missing portions are the last verifiable footage of Kendrick where he is seen alive. The last footage around 11 the day prior shows him walking into the gym. Then the footage cuts out. And then it cuts back the next day. The, of course, at this point, the um, Benjamin Crump, the civil rights attorney, he starts asking the school, why is there only selective clips? Why are there timestamps missing? And they try to explain, oh, it's because the camera is motion activated. Motion activated cameras in a school. Mm-hmm. To me, that in and of itself wasn't too odd. But what didn't make sense to me is these are motion activated in a school. They're going to be constantly picking up motion. So their excuse is, oh, there's missing timestamps because the cameras didn't pick up anything because they're motion activated. But how would the cameras not pick up anything during school hours? Exactly. So they just kept that. They they were just like, we're, this is our excuse and we're running with it. Exactly. So let's say, let's say, let's, again, let's just, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Let's say that they truly are not picking up the motion of just kids walking up and down the hallway. Mm-hmm. There is, if I'm not mistaken, a camera in the gym itself or like right outside of the gym. There is no way that it wouldn't have at least picked up the footage of when his body was discovered because there was tons of movement, as you can imagine, when that happened. Right. So this is so chilling, but like this is literally what the civil rights attorney saw the camera footage, picking up a regular school day, picking up the footage of Kendrick walking into the gym, and then it cuts out. And then the next time the camera picks up is the footage of him being wheeled out in a body bag. (sighs) Mm, I can't just at this point, 
the family said, all right, enough is enough. We have enough evidence to support the theory that he was killed, Mm -hmm. potentially beaten to death, and they file a wrongful death suit. This suit names 38 people that is across student faculty, um, school members, law enforcement, including students. And they file a claim for a hundred dollar million, a hundred million dollar claim. Hmm. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop here for a second and then I'm gonna get into the potential suspects. What are you thinking? Um <laughs> I'm thinking that uh man. It's so, um, I feel like it's so unfair to speak about anything in these situations because you're not in anyone's shoes. So I hate, you know, it's like I hate it when, you know, people are like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I cannot even halfway imagine how that family felt during that entire process. I can't halfway think about how exhausting in every single way possible that was for them. And it's like, I, it's like, I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's just a natural uh, reaction. I think in any kind of situation, whether it be minor or as extreme as this it's like did you did you do every single thing that you could have and I hate to say it because it's like I would have I would have been like yo are you joking me I I'm calling the makers of the cameras who put these who installed these cameras in this school I need to hit them up I need to get them to get the footage from me. Yep, all the footage. That's that's why, I mean, that is just an ongoing theme here is the fact that nothing was truly done correctly. Exactly. That's Even, what it all comes down to that. Yeah, it was just pure mishandling. And I'm, I'm throughout this case, I keep thinking, even if these people don't get arrested or charged for you know like conspiracy and covering up they should at least get charged for negligence because the way they treated his body the way they handled the investigation they botched the crime scene there was just so much that went wrong um so i don't know if i touched on this earlier but this is an interesting thing too so going back to the initial theory of the school he dove in to grab some expensive shoes that he hid in there a while back right Mm -hmm. the very last clip of him alive shows him walking into the gym in that video footage he's wearing shoes but when he's found he's barefoot Mm. so let's say he really truly was in there getting his shoes he would have still been wearing the shoes that he was wearing to school that day. Exactly. So it might not seem that important, but that's just kind of one of the things that um, I saw a lot of people theorizing that 
if this truly was foul play, it could have been for his shoes. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know nothing about shoes, but I know that when you get like the expensive, like basketball ones, like Jordans, that kind of thing, they can get expensive and people will try to take them off of you. Literally. Yeah. So that's why, you know, that has definitely come out as a theory. Like, is that what caused his death? Um, but I'm just going to jump into the main suspects here. Again, this is all alleged. Nobody has been formally named as a suspect. Nobody has been arrested. So the main ones we're going to focus on here are the Bell brothers. It was two brothers, a younger one and an older one. The oldest brother was a former student. He had already graduated around the time of Kendrick's death. He wasn't even in the high school at the time. Mm, okay. Yeah, keep that in mind. The younger brother was a classmate of Kendrick, so they did go to school together. Um, allegedly, the younger brother was a formal rival on the football team. And according to the investigative journalism of Ebony Magazine, the younger brother and Kendrick had issues. Um, they about, if I'm not mistaken, a year, a year and a half prior to Kendrick's death, Kendrick and the younger brother did have a brutal fight on the school bus. Um, this was verified by Kendrick's mom because Kendrick and the younger brother were kicked off the bus. Um, Kendrick's mom describes that the younger Bell brother attacked her son on the bus and that this was not the first time that this younger brother has gotten physical with him before. Uh, the mom has previously tried to file complaints with the school against these brothers since they were routinely antagonizing Kendrick, but the school did not intervene. Hmm. Now, this is something I mentioned earlier. The father of these Bell brothers is a former FBI agent. And following advice of their father, the Bell brothers refused to cooperate with law enforcement in the investigation of Kendrick's death. Okay. I don't like it. I mean, it's like, I don't it's like, like it. what's new? What's yeah. new? So the Bell brothers' mother, Karen, she goes on record and she actually... Like I tried, I found an audio clip of it, part of it. Um, but from what I saw people saying that she was very kind of over the top with explaining that like, there's no way her son had anything to do with this, that Kendrick and her son were great friends, but nobody else corroborated this. Mm. Uh, nobody was like, no, like no one saw them hanging out. No one saw them as friends. A few students did corroborate the fact that they have gotten into fights before. So that part was true. Um, they went that during that interview with Karen, Karen Bell, she was pressed by, you know, the people asking questions about why the sons have not been involved. Why are the sons not cooperating? And she ultimately explained that her sons did not cooperate because they did not want to get involved. And the two sons actually did not even attend Kendrick's funeral, even though the entire school did. Uh, 
I, I will say, I see this a lot. People say you should never judge someone by the way they grieve. Just because they didn't show up to the funeral, it shouldn't be seen as a red flag. But not showing up to the funeral is one thing, but not showing up and refusing to cooperate with law enforcement, I think that's a whole other story. I agree. I agree. Oh, my Lord. So now this is this is just a little bit of evidence found towards the Bell brothers. During Benjamin Crump's, the civil rights attorney, during his investigation, he was able to get just a little bit more footage from the school and found in the footage on the day Kendrick died, the older Bell brother is seen inside the school. Mind you, remember, he's not a student anymore. He has already graduated. I don't know about you, but once I graduated high school, I have no reason to be on that campus. No, get me away as quickly. as far away. Like, yeah, there's no. So of course he gets questioned, and he explains, "Oh, he has some friends that are attending a wrestling match, and he's there to support some of his buddies." Man, okay, <laughs> whatever. The. The school, remember, the high school is in Valdosta, and this wrestling match is taking place in a city called Macon, Georgia. It's about three hours from the high school. If you... (laughs) What were you going to say? Nothing. (laughs) So there, there there was a bus taking the wrestling team from Valdosta to Macon. The bus was initially reported that it left around 1030. And if that's true, it would have put the older Bell brother outside of the window to kill Kendrick. This is what the older Bell brother says. He says, yeah, we left by 1030 and that's what he's sticking by. So initially the investigators are like, okay, like it might not be him. That puts him outside of the window. Then they proceed to interview the bus driver. The bus driver says they left around 12.30. So that's already not adding up. And then they ask some of the school members and they check the school records. And they have it recorded that the bus didn't leave until 4.30. Oh, my God. Why? Okay. So what? Again, do we need to spell it out? Why are there three totally different timestamps? What is that? I would have... What is out? This is like, th- this is like we're in a different galaxy. Like these people are Sims. Like this is scary. Th- I am afraid. This is. It's scary. The they did try to obviously the investigators try to back this up as much as they could. They did see that the coach, which was um. I'm not sure if he was the bus driver, but he was on the bus. The coach, his phone pinged at the school around 11 a.m. So that already throws out the older brother's statement. He initially stated, yeah, the bus left around 1030. 
but the coach's phone was pinging still at 11. And the last time we see Kendrick walking around the school is around one o'clock in the afternoon. So the investigators did check this out and the bus ride from Valdosta to Macon was about three hours. The bus with the team showed up to Macon and checked in sometime after 4 p.m. So the investigators theorized with good traffic, the bus could have left Valdosta around 1.30 and get, the, and, get, and get to Macon when they got there. And being that the last time Kendrick was seen was around 1 and they think he was killed within the hour after that, mm. if... Yeah, if that bus really truly did leave Valdosta around 1.30, that would have given the brothers enough time to do something, allegedly. So, of course, this theory takes off. Um, as I said, this was thoroughly investigated by the journalism of Ebony magazine. And the Bell family actually ends up suing the magazine for defamation. And they settle for half a million dollars. Isn't that insane? So the older brother, he lost his spot at Florida State. If I'm not mistaken, he got in on some sort of an athletic scholarship. But with all the press that was following him and his family, he lost his spot at Florida State. And the younger brother became agoraphobic um, due to the constant hounding of the press. So he became somewhat of a hermit. He didn't like to go outside. This, the poor Johnson family, the family of Kendrick Johnson, this Bell family, again, I think being with the father, being former FBI, they have so much pool, whether it's the Bell family alone, allegedly, or other people acting. Remember I said earlier, the Johnson family, they filed a lawsuit. Yes. Um, I said it here. Let me go. Let me find it over here. They filed a lawsuit where they named um, like 30 some people. And I can't remember exactly how much they tried to file it for. Um, I think they've tried to file it for $100 million. And it was a wrongful death lawsuit. That lawsuit that they filed gets thrown out by the state. And not only does it get thrown out. But because of all the people they named in the lawsuit, and some of these people are getting harassed, you know, harassed by the press and everything, the Johnson family is ordered to pay nearly three hundred thousand dollars to those that they accused. Exactly. That made me physically sick. Can you? So, oh my god! Not only. Are they mourning the loss of their son that went in such a tragic manner? They were put through the ringer with this investigation, having to put their own resources to get a second examination done. And for all of this to end where they have to pay out almost 300000 to the ones that they accused. I I don't have a response. I really I I'm at a 
I, at this point, ultimately, the case goes cold for a while. It does get reopened sometime later, but it results as inconclusive, primarily because of the lack of organs. Wow. So to this day, it is still currently unsolved, and it still hasn't fully been classified like I said in the beginning, as either murder or an accidental death. (sighs) What are your final thoughts? (laughs) I know I threw a lot at you. I... I'm just like, you know, why, why does this happen? Um, why, why did this happen? Um, why don't people want to do their jobs and give families justice and, um, prevent these situations from happening? Um, you know, if learn from the situation, um, I don't know. I don't know where my head is at. It's like these individuals, it is literally your job to solve cases, bring justice to the families, do everything in your power to create some type of closure. Um, and be fair on both sides. And it's like, this family (laughs) ended up having to, it's like mind blowing to the point where I don't even, it's like, this can't be real. I think that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm mind blown in the worst way possible it is so sad um, that that was that was his ending, you know? Like, nobody knows what happened except the people who did it. Whoever was involved, those are the only people who knew what happened. Yeah, um, no, and I, I think about that um, often with this case is, you know, unfortunately, I... This case is almost 11 years old. I have faith that it's still somewhat recent enough that I really hope we see a solve for it Um, because the pure injustice that this family dealt with, not only did they lose their son, as I said, in such a brutal manner, that is just not a way. That's just not a way to go. I... I think a year or two after the investigation, um, his mother, Jackie, she actually released one of his autopsy photos. Oh, my God. It is a little graphic. Um, She released it simply because I think she just wanted to truly put out there, like, you know what? Like, we're taking the mask off. We really want people to see, like, look look at our son. Somebody knows something. Somebody come out. and I'm not I'm not going to post that because, like I said, it's a little graphic, but I didn't mention this in last week's episode, but 
in the show notes, I do have a link to our Instagram and our Reddit. And I have pictures of Kendrick, his family, the gym mat. And I highly encourage you to check out the Reddit because we can talk about our theories on there. I just want to know kind of what everyone's thinking. (sighs) This is a heavy case. I, like I said, every time I listen to it, it's like, for some reason, I just keep getting shocked over and over again. I, I just truly, truly want justice for the family. Unfair is an understatement what they dealt with. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Same. It's like, I am nobody's um, investigator, um, examiner, but you hearing what those people said, it's like, what's the point of having your job title? I mean, that is the craziest stuff that I have heard from people who are in charge of making sure that that kind of stuff does not happen. Um, and to, just to be everybody just being so nonchalant and, oh, we'll get to it. Oh, this situation happened. That's never supposed to happen. It never has actually happened, but it happened. Oh, well, da-da. it's, it's like, I, you know what? It goes back to this and it's with everything that happens. It doesn't matter how minor it is. This is something that I have to keep, um, I just have to keep in mind, especially with these kinds of situations, it's so sad because I think that this really changes the outcome with anything and anybody unless a situation, if, if it has nothing to do with you or anyone that you love, it's out the door. Absolutely. I, I feel like that it's not everybody. Of course, it's not everybody. But for, I think, a lot of people, um, this it doesn't hit home for me. It's not, this person isn't related to me. I don't have any type of emotional anything. So I'm not, it's not a, a case that I'm going to stay up at night about and and that's what I that's what I hate cuz that's what it came down to nobody did their job I mean nobody did their job none uh, none and that's what it is and it's like completely get it like it, it, it's a job so there's a line personal professional I completely get that but isn't that with any job I mean you still have to be a human um, especially in that field, that's your job to solve things and connect the dots and go step by step and do everything that you can in order to hopefully find some type of solution. They didn't do anything. No, absolutely nothing. I I do frequently check back in on this case just to see if there's any like new developments or anything. Um I'm going to see if I can find, I'm I'm sure the family has maybe set up like a website or like a tips hotline or something. Um, I'll include that on the week's post, but 
it really is sad. It really is sad that the Kendrick, that Kendrick had to go through that. The family had to go through that. And at the end of the day, somebody knows something. Somebody in that school knows something. And I just really hope that we can find it out one day. I, the only thing I can say is, um, all of that will, you know, never leave you. Um, whoever, you know, did that's just something that I believe in personally. Like, yeah, whoever was involved with his death, that will that will always cling on to you, regardless of you being aware of it or not. So. I hope that, you know, whoever, whoever is responsible, um, I know that it, it, it affects them in some kind of way, um, whether they realize it or not, because that's just something that you can't let go of, like consciously, subconsciously, you, you can't, that doesn't leave you. So, yeah, I, I hope this wasn't too much for you. <laughs> it wasn't too um, much. It's just it's just sad because this it happens. You know, this has been going on for how many centuries? I yeah. mean, like oh, yeah. So oh yeah, I like I said, I remain hopeful. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and get us wrapped up here. I do want to give you a quick little cliffhanger for next week. Um, the story that we are going to be covering next week, the case is of the oldest woman on death row in the country. Ooh. So I'm excited for that. <laughs> um, not, not grandma in there. <laughs> girl, age is only a number. Okay. Age is only a number. <laughs> it really is. Oh my God. Okay. <sighs> All right, everyone. Well, this is your reminder. Like we always say. You can't trust anyone. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.